Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to Compliance Into the Weeds, a podcast where, with Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance, founder and editor of Radical Compliance, we take a deep dive into the weeds of a compliance or compliance-related topic. Before I get to this week's topic, uh, as you know, <clears throat> the Compliance Podcast Network is always on the lookout for new podcasts. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast but didn't know how? Well, if you've thought about it, please take a listen to this week's sponsor, One Stone Creative. If you are enjoying this show, you might enjoy hosting your own. As an expert in your field, you have skills, knowledge, and insight that can help you expand your practice, meet new people, and create amazing content to share with the world. In as little as two hours a week, you can dramatically change how you promote, fill, and position your business, and One Stone Creative can show you how. Learn more at onestonecreative.net. In this episode, Matt and I take a look at the recently released NAVEX Global 2019 Ethics and Compliance Hotline Benchmark Report. We hit some of the highlights of the report, but we also take a deeper dive to ask, are you using all the right intake channels to capture a true sense of misconduct and corporate culture at your organization? We explore what that means and how you can do it. It's a fascinating episode of a long series of podcasts Matt and I have done about hotline, hotline metrics, hotline reporting, how you can increase the information brought forward uh, through various speak-up channels, and what it all means for the compliance professional. I know you will enjoy it. Compliance Into the Weeds is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist, back with Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance, for another episode of Radical Compliance. Matt, uh, first of all, welcome. Hello, Tom. Good to be here. So, Matt, last week you had a a blog post entitled Hotline Metrics, Are You Missing Any? And uh, at least started off being based on the Navex Global 2019 Ethics and Compliance Hotline Benchmark Report, which was issued. so I wanted to explore that. I suppose we should both tell, uh, both acknowledge to our listeners we uh, do some work with uh, Navex Global, um, yep. but uh, you you really took this in a very interesting direction. So uh, you want to lay it on the table for us? Yeah, sure. So I'll start with some of the broad findings of the report and then drill down a bit more into some specifics about how compliance officers might want to structure their hotline programs. But broadly speaking, a lot of the data did not change all that much from 2017 into 2018. So um, the overall mix of complaints people were receiving are roughly the same. You know, it's still workplace issues are the vast majority. Uh, They're around 70% of all reports. Uh, Business integrity is at 16%. Other categories like financial fraud and whatnot, they're all 5% or lower. Over the last several years, all of those categories have never fluctuated more than about one or two percent either way. Um, so it's a relatively steady mix. Uh, the case closure times did fall from 44 days in 2017 to 40 days last year. Um, that was mostly driven by speedier resolution of HR diversity and workforce complaints or workforce respect complaints. Um, So, you know, if they account for 70% or more of all the complaints and you do a good job there, 
that's going to ripple out for the whole saying, you know, statistically, it's going to drive the case closure times way down, which is good. You know, went from 44 to 40. Uh, Navex says their recommended best practice is 30 days. Um, I've heard the 30 days figure before. I don't know exactly where it comes from, but it makes sense. Uh, one thing that is interesting is that uh, the number of complaints about harassment and discrimination and the Navex report called this out because this is the first year that uh, they had a full year of complaints in the Me Too era, which just started at the end of 2017. Um, so these sort of complaints, Me Too complaints, are still small as a total fraction of all complaints. They're only around four or five percent. But um, these complaints are also growing very swiftly. So, you know, if you go from 4% in one year to 5% in another year. That doesn't seem like a lot, but it's actually grown, growing from 4 to 5 is an increase of 20%. Anything that increases 20% is a surging. So people should keep an eye on that and see how that's going to work. And uh, the other interesting point is that complaints on your hotline or in your internal reporting program, complaints about retaliation specifically have always been small. Um, but again, they went from 0.93% uh, in 2016 to 1.2% in 2018. So tiny little fraction, but going from 0.9 to 1.2 in relative terms, that's a big increase. I think that's a good thing because complaining about retaliation is a delicate matter. So if it's surging, then employees are starting to feel more comfortable raising retaliation. So all of that together... You know, those are the broad findings is that it kind of sort of feels this year like it did 12 months ago. There are some changes around the edges and there are some important small changes that might magnify over time. But that's where we are with the, the data as a whole. And then if you want me to get on my soapbox about um, internal reporting specifics, I've got uh, one or two pet causes I teased out in my blog post. Well, uh, actually, Matt, uh, as interesting as what you just went through was, there was really an entire other point to your blog, or at least I took the other point. In fact, uh, you even called it the other channel. Yep. So that I thought was uh, really fascinating. So you want to go to to the other channel? I, yeah, sure. So this is what jumped out at me, is that uh, one statistic Navex tracks to give a rough sense of the internal reporting activity you have is the median number of reports per 100 employees. And you see a significant gap between companies that only track hotline calls or some sort of online submission. Their median report is 1.1 reports per 100 employees versus those that also include other channels. And that is primarily employees speaking to managers. Um, their median is 2.1 reports per 100 employees. So on one hand, yes, if you have more channels that you're counting, you can reasonably expect there's probably going to be more count that you get. Uh, and if you're only looking at web submissions and hotline calls, it's going to be one level. But if you've added this whole other channel you're monitoring uh, of reports to managers, well, there's stuff in there. But the point that jumped out at me about Navex is there's a lot in that channel. From 1.1 to 2.1 is almost double. So clearly, there is a lot of potential internal reporting that you could capture 
if you somehow wanted to look at what employees are reporting to managers in person. Uh, those sort of complaints also tend to have higher substantiation rates. Um, but, you know, I just it think it calls out the fact that there's a lot of raw material about what is going on in your company that is worth a compliance officer's knowing about in that nebulous area of other uh, primarily employees who are reporting to their managers, but then so compliance officers would need to sit down and think, how are we going to capture all of that activity? But that that was the the big statistic that jumped out at me is just there's a lot of raw material in there. And if you're not trying to figure it out, if you're not trying to extract data about what is happening person to person, you're missing something that's probably going to wind up biting you on the rear end sooner or later. Matt, I would have to say over the last several years, I have heard you talk about and write about uh, compliance officers, chief compliance officers, compliance practitioners wanting to uh, not only understand uh, the information that comes to them via a hotline metric or a hotline, or now we have the other intake sources, but I was wondering if you uh, had some thoughts on how a compliance practitioner could improve that other intake? And are there some specific examples uh, you were able to point to? Yeah, so I did. I think, you know, what jumped out at me as I was reading that is, okay, there are employees bringing concerns to managers. Managers would then have to funnel all of those reports to the compliance program somehow. Well, what becomes important then? Uh, Number one, you, the ethics and compliance function, with your friends in HR, uh, you have to make sure that managers know what a report actually is and what are they supposed to do with it. And that is an open question for a lot of managers and a lot of employees. And the example that I keep coming back to, uh, and I've written about this before, is uh, Jim Jordan, who is a congressman from Ohio these days. Uh, Many years ago, he was a wrestling coach at Ohio State. And Jim Jordan got into a lot of unwanted publicity last year because there were uh, allegations of sexual abuse within the wrestling team. Now, Jim Jordan was not implicated in that. There were other people who apparently were abusing the wrestlers. And Jim Jordan never reported any of that because he said, well, employees or students, in his case, students talking about abuse among themselves, I didn't think that that was a report. Nobody came to me and said, I am being abused. Will you please report this to the higher ups? So it's stuff like that, that compliance officers have to knock that down right away. I personally think that Jim Jordan, that's ridiculous if he's going to say, I didn't know that two 19-year-olds talking about sexual abuse counted as something I should be concerned about. Nobody came to me and said, I would like to file a report. Um, Preposterous, but... It underlines the point that some managers might not know that what they overhear or what an employee mentions to them, say, in an annual performance review or in some sort of gripe about coworkers, that that is a report and that they should be able to recognize it. They should be able to report it to you, the compliance function. Um, That does mean that you would therefore need to think about, all right, what's the mechanism to get the report from the manager to me? Uh, do I give him an online form? Do, do I give him a phone number of mine? Um, you know, do I conduct regular training with the managers so they know what sort of reports to look for and what sort of things that feel like maybe they should be reported, even if your training didn't address it, which I think is probably a big glaring weakness that people should think about. But 
really, it drives home the need for a lot of training with uh, managers about what a report is, what are they supposed to do with it, what are they supposed to do with the reporter afterwards, which is support them rather than retaliate against them. Um, and let's be honest, a lot of times people might be reporting one thing when they are in trouble for something else. People are not above making an allegation so they can claim protection status when they're really just trying to save their own neck for some other misconduct. I know that happens. You know, we need to think about all of these complicated issues. Um, it's very challenging, but it is the difference between being in regulatory compliance. See, regulators, we have our hotline. Doesn't matter that we only get one call a quarter, but we have it. We're done. That's being in compliance. A culture of integrity and compliance compliance is what we're talking about here of managers thinking through, am I getting a report? If I am, how do I process that? How do I send it up the chain of command? That's the sort of stuff that we really should be looking for. And the Navex data shows if you do, you're going to get more intel because there's stuff happening there that isn't reported on the hotline. So it, it really seems that if I could tie it back to a reference you made in your blog post to Dr. Kyle Welch's paper about yeah. um, the uh, financial benefits of having not simply a hotline, but an entire speak up culture where both people are uh, willing and able to speak up, but there are people who are willing and able to listen to that speak up and they're uh, willing and able to take action based upon the information that came to them. And, it, and uh, this really seems to tie all of those kind of concepts together for me. Yeah, that that also jumped out at me. And for those who are new to our podcasts, um, you know, Tom and I have mentioned this several times over the past months. But Kyle Welch, uh, university professor from George Washington University, he and the academic team, they had done some research finding that the stronger your internal reporting culture is, the better business outcomes you are also likely to experience. And that's, you know, higher return on assets, fewer lawsuits, smaller legal settlements. I always maintain that if you think about it for a moment, that's not surprising because if you are a talkative culture and you are talking about problems and the managers are willing to engage and solve those kind of problems, you know, a lot of them are just going to be business problems. And so, of course, you're going to be better and more efficient and you're a high trust organization. But that sort of organization is also able to handle misconduct complaints very well because they handle issues very well and just complaints about misconduct are just another issue. Um, so I'm not surprised about that, but it does so that show that there's like a, a business logic to giving attention to it this way and not just hanging a whistleblower hotline number in the break room and calling it a day. You know, yeah, great. You're in compliance with socks, but there, there's a whole lot more that organizations can do and if they do it, that correlates to higher business performance as well as better business integrity. So, Matt, this was really an interesting, um, I won't say interpretation, but uh, take on something that uh, is in the front of the mind of literally every compliance practitioner, which is their hotline, speak up, reporting culture, but the the other as you call it. Um, and there I would say it's actually the positive, not the negative, the other. But and then how it ties into uh, what Dr. Welch and, and others have found. It's a fascinating exploration. Indeed it is. Well, Matt, I look forward to seeing what we can come up with uh, for next week. All right, Tom. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Again, I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of 
compliance into the weeds. I have linked to both Matt Kelly's blog post on this and the underlying Navex Global 2019 hotline report. So if you'd like some more information, you can certainly take a deep dive into it. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com, Matt Kelly at m kelly at radicalcompliance.com. Hope you'll join us again next week when Matt and I take another deep dive into the weeds.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.